As believers, everything we do is to bring glory to God. In the kingdom of this world, we hold jobs, and we are to be the best workers in the workplace that others may see Christ in us. We serve our communities in various capacities to promote God in our culture. We, we recreate and we speak of how great the creator of the world is to have made fish and, and athletic bodies and beautiful places on the earth that we visit. And we're not serving mammon by doing these things, but we serve the Lord because we know that in all these places, God has put people in the crossroads of our path that we might share with them the truth of God's Word. In today's episode, we delve into the timeless wisdom of God's Word as we explore the sermon titled, Spiritual Leadership, delivered by Pastor Mark Abney. Drawing from Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 41, Pastor Mark provides insightful teachings on the importance of spiritual leadership and the profound impact it has on our faith journey. Join us on this spiritual journey as we reflect on the significance of spiritual leadership in our lives and how it shapes our relationship with God and others. Through Pastor Mark's inspired message, may you be encouraged, uplifted, and equipped to embrace the call to lead spiritually in your communities and beyond. Tune in to this enlightening episode and allow God's Word to illuminate your path as we seek to grow deeper in our faith and understanding of His truth. And now, Brother Mark. We're going to be in Mark, uh, continuing on. We're in chapter 9. We're going to start in verse 33 and go through 41. Mark 9. 33 through 41, if you would stand with me as we read out of the Word of God. And they came to Capernaum. And when he was in the house, he asked them, were discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and he called the twelve and he said to them, if anyone would be first, He must be last and servant of all. And he took a child and he put him in the midst of them and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. John said to him, teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. But Jesus said, Do not stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ will by no means lose his reward. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Your word goes deep into our soul and it causes us to think upon the things that you want us to think upon. It causes us to think upon your way and not ours. It causes us to see you high and lifted up. It causes us to to know that you have a plan for us. And Lord, Lord, your word brings us alive. And and by by that life, we are able to share the life that you have given us with other people. 
And that's what you've called us to do as you placed your spirit in us to be your hands, your feet, and your voice here on this earth. And so, Lord, let us be them people that you have called us to be in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. you may be seated. Here we see Jesus and the disciples walking together. And when they arrived back in his hometown in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, what are you all arguing about? Well, Jesus already knows the answer, amen? Because Jesus is God and God knows everything. He knows our thoughts afar off. We read that Jesus called his disciples together and he sat down among them in this very teachable moment to give them a lesson on spiritual leadership and kingdom greatness. Jesus says in order to be great, you must be less than everybody else. Jesus said the greatest is based on the number of people you serve. You see, the kingdom of God is upside down from the kingdom of this world. In this world, the greatest among men is the greatest one among them, and the one who has the most servants. But in God's kingdom, the greatest is the least among men, and the one who serves the most people. So let's define this servant. A servant in the dictionary said, one who serves another. So what does it take for someone to serve another person? Well, I believe there's two different reasons that people serve. The first would be one out of no choice, and the other one would be one of choice. You see, the first, the one of no choice would be for pay or reward or favor or slavery. And the one of choice would be one of love. We serve others every day in our world, amen? We lay down our lives for money so that we might live. Most of us have jobs and careers, not because we love the people we work for or love the job we do, but we need the money to survive, amen? And if you had all the money you needed and still worked at the same job, you would probably be motivated by self-gratification or some type of reward. You see, job gives us more than provision. It fills us with contentment by becoming an asset to our family, our community, and our society. In some countries and in the past history of America, people were forced to be servants as slaves or else they would lose their freedom, food, water, and even death. This is not the kind of servant that Jesus is talking about here. The servant that Jesus is speaking of is one of love, one of choice. It's where one person chooses to serve another because they love them. Jesus said in Matthew 9, 24, no, no person can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. As believers, everything we do is to bring glory to God. In the kingdom of this world, we hold jobs and we are to be the best workers in the workplace that others may see Christ in us. We serve our communities in various capacities to promote God in our culture. 
We, we recreate and we speak of how great the creator of the world is to have made fish and, and athletic bodies and beautiful places on the earth that we visit. And we're not serving mammon by doing these things, but we serve the Lord because we know that in all these places, God has put people in the crossroads of our path that we might share with them the truth of God's word. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength. And the second greatest commandment is like the first to love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law of the prophets and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Therefore, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the servant of many. Or to paraphrase, the greatest among us is the one who serves and loves the most people. Jesus is the greatest of all because he loved everybody and laid down his life for everybody that whoever chooses him might have life. And there will be no one ever that great. So Jesus is the greatest among us. Amen. Jesus laid down his life not only for those who love him, but for those who don't love him. Jesus laid down his, Jesus didn't lay down his life for certain ethnic groups or culture or people of status. No, Jesus laid down his life for all people because he loves all people unconditionally. You and I serve people out of love, right? Our spouses, our children our grandchildren, and even some of our friends. Amen? But do we serve people out of love like Jesus did? Galatians 6.10, the Bible says that we should love all people, especially people of faith. But folks, listen. I'll maintain that we don't love each other like we should in the church. We gripe and we complain about serving in the church all the time. We, we gripe and complain about those we serve with in the church. And if we truly love the church, we would serve one another with gladness and gratitude and grace and love each other unconditionally. Instead of loving the church, we attack the church and point fingers and gossip about fellow believers as if they were against and against God's church as a whole. I've not read anywhere in the Word where God left us to be church cops. You see, God left us all to be church lovers, not church cops. And if you were a church lover, then the love of God would, would come out of you in the church and you would love one another unconditionally, no matter what, right? And we would also be able to love those who don't even love us because Jesus commanded us to do so. And we're not just commanded to love the church, even though we're commanded to love the church the most, but we're commanded to love all people, not just Calhoun Baptist, not just uh, New Life Fellowship, not Drake's Chapel, just Drake's Chapel or Souls Harbor or Straight Up Ministries or Life Ministries or First Baptist Church of Clinton. We're to love all the church. Amen? Amen. Even though we have differences, you get the picture we're called to serve all believers first, and we're even called to serve non-believers as well. There's no reason as a child of God you cannot love your neighbor, even if you have a nasty neighbor. 
There's no reason you can't love your coworker even if you have a nasty coworker. There's no reason you can't love your boss even though you have a nasty boss because God placed His Holy Spirit in you which is the love of God that's in you, and so you have the ability to love all people. Uh-oh. I don't love those people. <laughs> yes. You do have to love those people. Go back to the greatest laws of God. Love God and love others. Amen? Them two commandments. Just keep them too, and you're doing great. Amen? All the rest will fall in place. Just do them too. That's pretty simple. Amen? Amen. Or is it? <laughs> what if someone has a different belief than mine? I have to love them. What if someone is talking bad about me or my family or my church? I have to love them. What if they are doing bad things and breaking the law and hurting others? I have to love them. You see, love covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Amen? You can't be a great servant leader in the kingdom of God without serving others. And you can't serve others without love. You see, love is action. Love is not just words. I could say I love you every day and then beat the snot out of you every night. And that would not be love. Amen? Amen. But when I lay down my life for you, when I choose what you need over what I want, then that is love. It's action. The greatest among us is the one who loves the most. Uh-oh. So now we start looking around and says, who, who is that great lover in the church? Who loves more than anybody else? Do you think about the greatest teacher that you ever knew? Did they not show love and compassion for you? Think about the greatest pastor you ever had. Huh? I know. <laughs> Did they not show love and compassion for you? Think about the greatest friend you ever had. Did they not show love and compassion for you? Think about the greatest boss you ever had. Did they not show love and compassion for you? Jesus said, we must become like a child and love and trust unconditionally. Notice how a young child can love and trust those who watch over them. Children are vulnerable and helpless to change their caregivers, right? But they trust the caregiver not to abuse them and help them to learn and grow. We must become like children. Don't let the church you want get in the way of the church God placed you in. Love the church. Back to our text. John said to him, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we tried to stop him because he was not following us, the word says. <laughs> Jesus said, Don't stop him, for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterwards to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. For I say truly to you that whoever gives a cup of water for a drink and because you belong to Christ will by no means lose their reward. Look at what Jesus said about the one who was casting out demons but was not doing it in the way that the disciples had been taught. Jesus said, let them be as they are either for us or against us. There was a man 
the man was doing work in the name of Jesus and was pointing people to Jesus, and Jesus said he would receive a reward for that. I also believe that if he was doing the Lord's work for the wrong reasons, that he would also receive his just reward for that as well. But you and I are not church cops, right? We talked about that earlier. We're not the judge. We're the lovers of the church. There are many denominations that are different than what Baptists believe, amen? There are those that believe there's no place for musical instruments in the church. But we should accept them and encourage them in all that they do because they are working for the Lord. There are those who believe that you're not really saved until you're baptized. But we should love them anyway because they are working for the Lord. They are leading people to Christ and people are getting saved under their teachings. But we are not the judge of those churches and we should not condemn them because God is at work in those churches and people are getting saved and finding Christ. And if that church is doing wrong, well, they too will receive their just reward. There's one place that I would encourage you to stand up. If there's a church that's teaching any other way to get to heaven other than Jesus Christ, we stand against that because that's a cult. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to heaven. There's no other way to get to God but through Jesus Christ. But the way you stand against such a church is by the Word of God, where we hear Him say, speak the truth in love. How? How do we speak the truth? In love. We don't burn the church down in the middle of the night. (laughs) Amen? There's a way that you and I stand in love. Yes? You can love those people through the power of the Holy Spirit which He placed in you. And through love and the power of the Holy Spirit, people can change when they hear the truth because the Holy Spirit brings about conviction. Amen? Ephesians 4.29 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. Never condemn our Lord over another with the Word of God, but season every word with grace. God afforded grace to you, so you pass it on to other people. Amen? Colossians 4, 6, Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Are we not all sinners saved by grace? Without grace, would any of us be saved? You can get more bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Amen? Amen. You can get more converts with grace than you can with Bible browbeating. In summary, God has spoken to us about our humbleness and our servanthood and our love of others. And that's good because He's asking us to repent. There's more to love than just saying I love you, right? Because love is action. Love is more than words. Love is really more than a hug. It's, it's serving others' needs and showing them how much you love them. Loving, loving them more than they love you or than you love yourself. Ouch. Not as much as you love God, but with the same love that God loves you with. Church, we can all do a better job of loving one another in the church. Amen? 
And we can do a better job of loving others as they come to the church. And we can do a better job of loving those outside of the church. John 4, John, 1 John 4, 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and has been born of God and knows God. You see, the love of God has been placed in us. And with that love that he's placed in us, we are to share that same love with others that they too might find the love that we have that only comes from Jesus Christ. Would you stand with me? Father God, I pray this morning that as we've heard your message on loving others, especially in the church, that you would help us to grow in that respect. That you would help us to think about every word that we say, that every action that we do, that, Lord, that you might be glorified, that you might be lifted up, and that others might be encouraged. And, Lord, without love, no one is going to find you. But as we love others, they will want to know how how we've received this love and we can tell them the glorious gospel message. Father, I, would, I was thinking as I heard this message about when was the last time that I actually loved someone by action in the church? I think that's a good question for all of us, Lord. When was the last time that I loved others by some action? Lord, help us to, to work hard to be the least, to be the servant of many. And let us never forget that the greatest in the kingdom is the one who loves the most. Help us to be great lovers. Lovers of the church first and foremost, after you, and then lovers of those outside of the church, that they might find you. All these things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to be singing page 300. 300. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. Our prayer is that if you were touched by this message, that you will respond with action. If you would like to accept Christ as your Lord, we ask that you pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I do not deserve eternal life, but I believe that you died and rose from the grave to make me a new creation and to prepare me to dwell in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life, take control of my life, forgive my sins, and save me. I am now placing my trust in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this prayer with us today, then you know that you are truly saved. We'd love to hear from you so that we might connect in a meaningful way, encouraging you to be active in the local church, and share the same saving message of Jesus Christ. Please feel free to contact our pastor, visit our church, or find a Bible-believing local congregation near you. However you respond, please let us know.